Welcome to the Painter's Dialectic. I'm your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And today we're going to talk about the elements of painting, the potential of the blank canvas. Today I'm joined by artist Kenny Jordan. Kenny and I will begin a series of dialogues discussing the elements of painting. The goal of this series is to create a new philosophy of painting from the bottom up and one that is wholly original to Kinney's and my art practices. We hope to provide fresh perspectives on existing ideas, to explore painting in new exciting ways, to challenge existing beliefs and assumptions, and to open our minds to new possibilities. Ultimately, these dialogues will make us more aware of our own biases and artistic decisions. In this dialogue, we will discuss the potential of the blank canvas and its metaphysical implications. Don't just listen to the podcast, participate in it. Go to our Patreon page, The Painter's Dialectic, and subscribe. We have different tiers with behind-the-scenes content of how we develop these ideas. This will help us to continue making this meaningful content. Check out our Instagram page, at The Painter's Dialectic. Check out my Instagram page, Josh Green Artist, and Kenny's at Criola Sensei. Check out my website, joshgreenart.com. And if you'd like to study with me, sign up for lessons at greenatelier.art. Kenny, welcome back to the show. We're going to do another episode. Yes, we are. Another Sunday. Another Sunday, another episode. Um, I thought it would be nice to begin looking at you know, our expansive view of painting, but we zoom into the fundamentals of painting, like the ground truths of painting. And uh, we come at them at a very creative and individuated way, right? Where we're making our own minds about these things rather than allowing some other source, Wikipedia page, book, whatever, to make our minds for us. We're going to originally make our minds, you know, on air about these topics. Okay, and and I hopefully I've done my work, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drag you through the woods today on this one. Go ahead. I, I hope we get really far out and and go on some adventures with this. Okay. This guy. <laughs> so, I just want to talk about the potential of a blank canvas, right? Just the space that the painter works in. Okay. All right. That's, just going to take it down to this basic idea and we're just going to expand it until we go way out in the woods but um so I think of the canvas in in two ways so there is the physical object the physical reality of the canvas that we create and we stretch that canvas around it the tension of that canvas you know and then we prime it so it is a physical object. But then I also, I, I separate this for myself. I'm gonna introduce hopefully a new philosophical idea in art. Maybe it's not, but I, I, every time I think I've thought of something, someone else has thought of it. But <laughs> I haven't done, I haven't looked enough because I wanna feel like it's mine. But gotcha. um, I'm calling it the page of the canvas. Okay. Okay. So like the page of a book has all these texts on it. If we think about the physical reality of a page in a book, it's paper, these fibers stained with some ink, right? That's the physical reality. And that's when I talk about the physical reality of the canvas. We're talking about the physical things that make it. But the page of the canvas is what is mentally read, okay? So... We can read the paint strokes and imagine moods and signs and symbols all embedded in that. So that's a page of the canvas. Gotcha. So when I talk about the potential, we're talking about the, the physical potential of the canvas and the blank page of the canvas, right? And that those two ideas kind of link the physical studio and the mental studio together. So I can jump and talk about the canvas or I can jump and talk about the page that way people can keep track of which studio I'm coming from. The cool. physical or the mental one. Gotcha. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. So with that said, 
Let's define some terms. Let's get to it. Potential. What is potential? Potential is a capability of being or becoming, but not yet in existence. It's latent or undeveloped. Potential is the capacity to become or develop into something greater. It is the possibility of achieving something in the future or the power to make something happen. Potential is often seen as a latent ability or the capacity that can be realized and developed. The word potential, if we look at its etymology, comes from Latin, potentia, which means powerful, might, force. We can see the word potent comes from that, potentia. And even in today's Italian, potere means like I can, right? You know, that's the infinite version of I can do something, hmm. right? And then when we see that potential used in other words like omnipotent or impotent, right? We can see that that, that same force is used there. It's a force, right? It has the capacity to become, all right? So that's the word, the signifier, and it's, and it's shallow meaning, but... When we jump to the physical world and we start dealing with physics, what is potential in physics? Well, potential energy is the energy possessed by a system. Due to its position or configuration, it is the energy that can be released or converted into other forms of energy, such as kinetic energy or electrical energy. Potential energy is often associated with forces such as gravity, electric fields, and magnetism. So if I'm holding a glass of water, the potential energy of gravity on that glass is being stopped by my hand, my grip. If I let go of it, that potential energy now becomes something. It's expressed through the glass falling to the ground and shattering, right? That energy has been released. So everything, you know, even just the form of the cup is held together through these chemical bonds. But I can take a hammer and smash that and release that potential, right? So that is potential in physics. You know, everything around you contains energy. Even like, you know, a nuclear weapon is breaking the potential energy in an atom and releasing that. That's the nuclear explosion, is all this energy contained within stationary matter as mass, right? And that gets released. So that's potential energy. So what about artistic potential, right? Let's just go through all the different potentials and really define this idea. So artistic potential is the ability to create art that is meaningful and has potential to be appreciated by others. It is the capacity to express oneself through art, to create something that is unique and has potential to be appreciated by others. It is the ability to use one's imagination and creativity to create something that is both aesthetically pleasing or emotionally powerful. Do you agree with that? I don't look that deep into it, but I can see how all the things, I guess, in creating a, a quote-unquote good piece of art, I can see where those would be like the measuring sticks. Yeah, we're just trying to create a context right now through a definition. So we're going to go in the woods later. But yeah, no, mine's agree simple. With... Mine's just yeah. potential is just the ability to bring forth a possibility. So just bring it into existence. And I kind of keep it that that way across the board. I think that, I think that aligns really well with everything yeah, yeah. said so far. Um, what about in the mental studio? What is a mental potential? Well, that is the capacity to think, to reason, to learn. We have that capacity to do those things. It is the ability to use one's minds to solve problems, to think critically, and to make decisions. Mental potential is often seen as a latent ability or capacity that can be realized and developed. It is the ability to use one's mental facilities to their fullest potential, right? So... Those are all the, the definitions, right? So, you know, another interesting physics idea is the idea of a quantum field, that this is field pervading all of space and time, and the potential of that field allows things to manifest, right? 
So okay. for anything to be, there has to be a, a potential for becoming, right? So that is, that's what we're looking at. So now the interesting question, if everything needs a potential to become, what is the source of potential? A possibility and an awareness. A possibility and awareness. Keep going. That's it. That's what I got. What about this? What if the source of potential is the individual or collective or infinite imagination? It is the ability to think of something that does not yet exist and to create it. It is the power of the mind to conceive of possibilities and to bring them into reality. So, for potential to exist, we need an awareness, we need a mind, we need a consciousness. Consciousness that can imagine possibilities. So I think that aligns with what you just said. It should. I mean, we have a hard time going past awareness and possibilities. Alright, so I want to give proof of this, what I just said. So oh, I read out some syllogisms, <laughs> and now I want to take you out into the woods, all right? So try to make this as simple as possible, um, and I think we can just talk about each of the premises and conclusions. All right. So we're talking about potential right now, mm-hmm. physical potential, mental potential. Where does it come from? Okay. So, a potential comes from a cause, an effect follows, okay? So, we're dealing with cause and effect. So, everything in the universe that we know of has a cause and effect. They follow each other. There is a cause for every effect. It's premise one. You agree with me so far? Um, I arrived at the same location, yeah. Okay. All right, premise two. Everything is impermanent and changeable. Do you agree with that? No. No? Mm-mm. Everything in the universe. Nah, because then you got to define universe for me. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have a hard time doing that. So if you just leave it at everything, then I think we could come to a humble agreement. All right, everything. Everything that I'm aware of is impermanent and changeable. From my personal experience, I haven't found anything that has remained the same. Okay? So, I assume that extends to the universe. That's my assumption. Gotcha. Alright? And that seems to be a pretty standard idea that goes back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. You know, I think many spiritualities way before science was saying, yeah, things are impermanent. It's one of the foundations of Buddhism. But to interject and agree at the same time, uh, I think change is permanent. That change is unchanging. Yes, permanent. That's true. That's a good point. Time. Time and change. I don't agree with the time thing. Time is a measurement, so it may not exist until someone makes it exist. Until you measure change. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only reason why time exists. Time is the measurement of change. Okay. Yeah, so change... Change seems to be a law in this universe. Yeah, there you go. I think the that's a good way to put it. There's certain laws that aren't going to change in this realm. And one thing that's not going to change is we name them all. So we have two premises. One is that everything follows cause and effect. Mm-hmm. The second is that it's just impermanence, change. Change is a law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. So scientists claim to have located the beginning of the universe through looking at, you know, microwave telescopes. They can see that there was an originating point. You know, and this is called Big Bang Theory. There's some plasma ball that expanded and uh, created everything, right? So that is 
the original cause that our best observations, you know, have seen. Okay, so just to go with the standard model of Big Bang, well, if cause follows effects and there was no universe outside of the Big Bang, that means that something outside of this universe caused it to exist. Alright, so what is it since they found it? No, they just know the Big Bang. They don't know what caused the Big Bang. But So if, they know the effect, they don't know the cause? Right, so the Big Bang happened, this this unit expanded, the universe is still expanding. So we're going to let one direction we have no clue what the other direction is and we are absolutely certain that the direction we're going on is the correct one yeah i mean we we found they they believe they found a starting point which is big bang theory and they found that because there was radiation in the air coming through um on radios and they, they, they couldn't figure out where it was coming from, so they made this big microwave telescope. They stuck it up. They aimed it at the direction of where the microwave radiation was coming from, and they got a picture So that just you telling Big me Bang. That just wouldn't be the direction of everything used to create that microscope just didn't originate from, since it has to be where it's from to pick it up. Hang on, say that again. You can't pick up something if you don't have the tools to pick it up. So whatever you make to pick it up, you're just finding its origins. The origin of the tool? Yeah. What do you mean? So everything used to make that tool is probably pointing in that direction. But if you haven't found all tools of this realm, who says that's the real center? If you haven't explored everything. It's a theory. Oh, it's got a, you. So it's a belief. Everyone Big doesn't have to accept theory. it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of evidence that I don't know that I can't wrap off right now. But yeah, yeah but there's a lot of evidence supporting. You can choose to accept it. Yeah. Okay, so you're with them. So it's a belief. I haven't done the research, but I've read the research. It seems credible. Yeah, right? I got you. Okay. No, I get you. A belief is the acceptance of a possible truth. And we all right. know that possibilities are endless. Right. And science isn't deductive reasoning. It's inductive. And you make assumptions based on the pieces on the table, based oh, on your shit. observations. I'm a scientist. I'm going to show you how the science is king. God damn it. Go ahead. But I'm trying to do some deductive reasoning right now through this syllogism. All right. I'll say it like this. I don't <laughs> care to relate to everyone on that place because everyone isn't going for the same goal so I don't really bear that burden to accept all of that okay so I can't really speak on it okay well I'm just going to use it right now Go ahead. for the sake of getting through the syllogism <laughs> you said we're in the woods so go we ahead. haven't got there yet we're oh, getting into shit. the woods we're getting close <laughs> alright so if the big bang you know is what caused our universe. Mm -hmm. So from that point expanded space and time and energy and all the quantum fields we know of. Um, That's an effect. So that means there was something before our universe or outside of our universe which caused that effect, the Big Bang. Okay, so we could say well, maybe there's another universe. You know, some theories are that um, black holes cause big bangs, right? So maybe a black hole in another universe caused it. But the problem with that type of thinking is you get an infinite regress. You can't go from finite thing to finite thing. You're just this turtle stacked on top of each other to infinity, right? Yeah. The world's on the back of a turtle, on top of the back of a turtle, on top of the back of a turtle. That's the same problem. So if this if if we're in a finite thing where everything is influenced by change, this this universe is finite. It has a starting point. Okay, and then it was caused by something else finite. Well, behind all these things must be something infinite, infinite, right? There must be something infinite 
behind the creation of finite effects. It must be a cause of all effects, right? Yeah. Where are you going with this? <laughs> all right. So, this infinite cause of all effects lies beyond our universe. That's what the previous premises pointed out. So, for it to be infinite, it must be total, meaning nothing is beyond it. Right? If this is the cause of all causes, right, or the cause of all effects, it must be a totality. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this begs the question, if the infinite cause is total, how can it create our finite universe? Okay, so here's some problems. Well, how, how do we make stuff? Well, this, this infinite thing cannot create our universe with outside resources through addition, because nothing is outside of it. Right? That doesn't make sense. If it's total, then nothing is outside of it. It cannot build our universe with outside resources. Nor can it subtract from itself and build something separate. Because it is total. So this thing can't create like we create. It can't go get resources at Home Depot and, and knock together a universe. Nor can it take a, a cutting from itself and grow a new tree. Okay. All right, so now I'm going to kick you into the, the woods right now. Yeah, what are what the other the ways? Huh? What was the point of that setup? What are the other ways you know to create something? Um, Without addition or subtraction. You, you can't. You can, I promise. Tell me. All right, I got you. You imagine. That's an addition. It's not. Yes, it is. It's nothing. No, it's not. How is it not? You're using something you're aware of to imagine. Well, if this is an infinite thing... I thought the last premise was false. Okay, which one was false? I thought the Big Bang thing is a totality and it doesn't work. I didn't say the Big Bang is a totality. The Big Bang was the original cause of a finite universe. I got you. Okay, so how does this lead so to... So I'm saying that there's an, there's an infinite cause of all causes that's outside of the Big Bang and our universe. That's what I'm talking about. So you're saying we're inside that infinite thing? Yes. And I'm saying since this infinite thing is total... It cannot take resources from outside itself because nothing is outside of it, nor can it take things from within it and take it outside of itself okay, because it is total. It. So we are in a finite thing within an infinite thing. And I think the only way to create something without addition or subtraction is through something virtual-like. So the only thing that we have that's close to that, in my understanding, is imagining or like a video game, right? It equals zero. If we're in a total thing that contains all the energy and everything, then it can simulate something virtual without addition or subtraction. It's not like our mind is. Hmm? This is the closest thing I can relate to it. But I think that our universe is something virtual. And I think this is the source of potential. The potential of the physical universe and the potential of our minds when we imagine something. I get you. You get me? Yeah, you went... I, I get, this is Josh's way of breaking it down. Okay. That's my understanding. That's, that's what I think, all right? Mm-hmm. Is that our universe... Is something virtual. 
something like the imaginings of our mind. Except this thing is infinite and totally powerful. So it could imagine a world like our universe and still be at net zero. Okay? So I think the creative act of the painter mimics the creative act of the infinite. And thus the painter in the studio is a reflection of the creative infinite beyond this finite universe. And that's the source of potential for the physical canvas, for the mental studio, and beyond. Huh. So now, in this podcast, we can talk about a beyond because I've established this. What if there's a beyond beyond that? It's total. It's not. What do you mean? The beyond beyond that is... There's space within space. And like okay. every space contains something. Each space can contain something. Right. So everyone has their own start. Right. And that start together is what some people, this is my theory, would claim to be the Big Bang. Okay, so you're talking about a space within a space. So we can have an infinity nested within an infinity and maybe another infinity nested in that infinity i think we shouldn't keep trying to stuff objects within these spaces and just look at space as space first and get the fundamentals of that i think we said like i'll I'll say the same thing because i'm looking at the same thing for a long time there's space in between me and you and there's space in between you and that wall behind you and if you want to measure that, there's space inside of that. And if you want to measure that, you can keep going. And what's in all these spaces is potential and something possible to occupy that space. And if something moves in, in that space today, tomorrow, 80 million years ago, that could be the first, last, or in between many of times moving through that space. So, if I just keep it there, everyone can understand that and we don't have to go any further into confusion unless, you know, that's our own group. That's what we like to do. But as far as general understanding, an old person can understand it an adult can understand it, and a kid can understand it, and we can all paint from that space. All right, so we have two models. Yeah. All right, you just presented one, I presented one. Yeah. Okay. So I don't completely understand yours yet. But yeah, but you experience you. it with proof, undenying proof, because every place you look around, there's space in between it. And every object you're looking at is occupying a space. So even if you can't even understand it, it's irrefutable. Okay. So explain this to me again. Josh, there's space in between you and that microphone, space yes. in between you and this computer, and yes. space in between me and you. Okay. If a kid comes out of your ass today, if that's his first time occupying that space. Right. The road that's between me and you has been occupying that space for a long time. And the things yeah. you can't see that you think aren't occupying this space is potential. Okay. So you're talking about actual physical space. You only can deal with what's in physicality because that's what you live in. So, but my premise has said that this space began at the Big Bang. Yeah, but I'm saying there's more things out there that don't accept that premise that can enclose that premise because the space I'm coming from also may fit within or around your premise so it can have harmony and agree with it, but still be different. Okay. So we have a divergence at the Big Bang. That's, that's what you're talking about. 
I think the Big Bang is the most well-known hypothesis. That's what it is. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's the correct or accepted by all hypothesis. And some people that care more about peace don't care to disrupt those that accept it. Okay. So what is your alternative then? My alternative is there's space within space. There always will be. And there always be a nothing in and around something. These are things you can irrefute. You can want to dive into them to know more or less. But you know that that's your desire to do so. And it doesn't refute what I just said. So why... So is that different from my virtual model? It's... it. This model can reach more people than your model because I would have to believe in the things you believe in to accept your model. But anyone can believe what they want to believe in my model and it still work. You get it? I think I said the word Big Bang and that threw you off of my whole thing. It didn't. I care about what you call the Big Bang, not the title Big Bang. I just know when we say things like Big Bang, that's not something you came up with. Somebody already did. So if you use that word, I more than likely know what you're pointing to, especially when you throw in it was said by scientists and theories and physics. You already like supported your argument of where you got the title Big Bang from. It's not like subject A, Josh's world. And he's like, damn, that's also an awful lot like my world. Like he was more like, this is the world mostly agreed upon. And with that said, what's the point of bringing something new? Okay, so you don't like that I let someone make my mind about something. No, I do like you as a person, and I like the way you think. I just accept <laughs> you for what you do, and my way of thinking allows for that. Okay. But uh, if I was, I was to help other people, I want to talk to more people that do believe that and don't believe that. So I don't want to, like throw anyone out that may feel or think differently so I'll just say something that's irrefutable and space and things that occupy them you can't refute it okay alright so why don't you state your premises and your conclusion if you can alright existence is our space. Okay. To travel beyond it is to not exist here. Okay. In this space, space lives or dwells, or however you may see it, space is within space. So if our space and my model is existence, the first thing our space created was a space inside itself. It created a thing like it. So to be in our space, you must have done the same thing. But when you come into existence, I don't know, everybody has their own timetable. So your first is not 300 million years ago first. Your first is not tomorrow's first. So therefore, you have your own testimony, your claim, and everything. And you can say whatever the fuck you want to say about your coming into existence. And if you can make it believable or irrefutable, you stand to be... Corrected, like that's that's it. I mean, somebody can accept it like any other theory and believe it or not. And 
being able to explain that, whether it's through time, the relationship with others, eventually becomes an art form. Okay, so we're in a space of existence, but the space of existence is within a space of non-existence. And for something to enter the space of existence, it has a starting point and an end point, right? As we're talking about. And mm-hmm. that may be different from other things starting end points. I think that things in this space have a starting and end point. I think in order to be talking about what's beyond this existence, yang here. We want to go beyond our limits, right? That's why we're yeah. talking about this, right? But most we're trying to find the source of potential. We're trying to understand potential, what it actually is. Yeah, but you can only understand your potential. You can't understand no one else's potential. Well, I'm trying to max out my potential right now. Yeah, so talk about yours. Make yours the focus, and yours will flourish more than anyone else's you focus on. Well, I think that what painters do is what the universe does and what this infinite thing beyond the universe does. All right, paint about it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I think that things are virtual. All right. And that means that it's equal to zero. It's equal to zero. And that, what's it mean to be virtual? It means that everything is information. All right, so let's talk about zero before we move further, since we're in the woods. All right. Zero, Zero is a signifier, right? Yes. So whoever came up with that signifier probably wasn't talking to the context that we are, right? It's from India. Hmm. They created the concept of zero that we use. And what's the Indian definition of zero? Oh, man. Well, let me just hop on the web right here. (laughs) All right. This is by Scientific American. The origin of zero. Probably credible. All right, the number zero as we know it arrived in the West circa 1200. All right, through the mass mathematician, Italian mathematician, Fibonacci. Okay, um, who brought it along with the rest of the Arabic numerals, which were created in the, um, the Mali Empire, back from North Africa. But the history of zero both as a concept and a number stretches deeper into history, so deep, in fact, that its provenance is difficult to nail down. Okay. So what does zero point at? at Zero points at... It's it's on the number line. Mm Mm-mm. Wasn't a number first. The one that we got zero from... it It says that... Okay, I was wrong. It says that... Zero is actually from uh, Babylon. Yes, it is. 400 to 300 BC. Y- yeah, you knew yeah. that? Because zero is... Why like, didn't you say something? Look, Josh, <laughs> you do this. <laughs> okay. I, actually, I said that zero was a symbol and it represents something. Whether okay. you change the meaning of that symbol is is relative to your position in the world. And relative to your age and time in the world. But it's most important to know who's establishing these things and where they were coming from to establish them. And just because they established them in a certain arena, you know, what influences did they use? And whatever it is, to draw the shape zero is an enclosure. To a one represents the zero. So we're letting you know how many space holders or what's within that space or what's holding your attention in that space. Okay. 
You, you feel me? No. You don't. I, I think what is the significance simply... of one? Why would you count if you're not trying to hold objects within their relative space? Well, I think, okay, around that era, they're coming up with accounting because they're, you know, new civilizations are doing the little markings in lead. So we either have no we goats. start before the we civilization. We have one goat, two goat, three goat, four goat, five goat, or no goats, right? Gotcha. So you put a mark for zero. I think that's pretty simple. Yeah, but that's already after a civilization has been imagined and constructed would help to get that done and now to use zero as a tool to help further. Nothing has the that symbol is before that the enclosure to 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 even think of having a civilization it's already an enclosure okay so you start at ground zero how many people today know how to start at ground zero to even build a new civilization their their mind uses numbers within the context of a built civilization and the language within that civilization already built. You're not going back further in the woods to say, I have nothing. Let me, let me, let me, let me start. Okay, so we got to go deeper in the woods then. We got to go back before civilization when people are coming up with numbers. To predate a civilization is to go within yourself. Because whoever started a civilization had to do that. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so we don't have anything. So I have to go in and I have to imagine, this is dealing with what the topic's about, the potential. I have to go in and imagine something virtually before I bring it into reality. But you're going to work in reverse. The thing is, we're trying, we're trying to like... We're trying to like go back and know what we're doing like is from the start and we just like from the linear point and we just rode this thing out. We think we can just know like that. But we have this thing in this world called irrational thoughts, irrational feelings and just non-rational shit. And a lot of people call it chaos and it goes, we think that chaos doesn't play a part. But it does. Otherwise, you wouldn't harp on logic so much and how to transform something chaotic to something structured. Right. So I, I get that, like, we're trying to, like, reverse the building blocks and be like, it was this, it was this, it was this, rather than actually just traveling back to that space as much as we can. The purpose of meditation to empty out all these things. So that way, the next thing you focus on has a little bit of potential with none of the bullshit that was on your mind before you saw it. And something new pops up. Something new, unadulterated, pops up because you gave it the space for something new to enter. You gave it nothing. So nothing helped your ass out. So, you're talking about zero now. Yeah. Clearing the, the mind, the, allowing the, for something new, parameter. the space for something new to happen. Yeah, zero is a it, it points to the parameter. That's what zero points to. Okay. So, to even really get to talking about the parameter as we should, it may be best to learn our parameter first. And since we all have a different position, literally, our position affects how we talk about the parameter. Okay. So why don't you talk about your parameter? My parameter, I tried to keep it simple and tried to connect to everyone. So the parameter I start with is the more you can start with nothing, the more new, more potential, more opponent, more possibilities you have to bring here. The more you start with something, it's the more you have to add on to the something you started with. You know, and that's quote unquote 
the initiates. They initiate shit. They don't use other people's shit. But they use other people's shit to connect to everyone. So you're not going to connect to everyone without using everyone's language. And you're not going to bring anything new here without detaching from everyone's language. So to balance these things out is a task in itself. All right, that makes sense. That I understand. Okay. And that I agree with. All right, so this shouldn't refute anything you said, and these two (laughs) should be able to run parallel today. (laughs) All right. So let's let's check our lines. Let's see if we're running parallel or see if there's any conflicts. Cool. All right. So I think I, I understand yours now. Yeah. Okay. So in what ways does that differ from what I said? It doesn't. It just... I don't have to use all of those steps. So I got freedom to move around in more areas unrestricted. That's it. Okay. So my version is just... It's a point, and we can all reach that point. And we can all agree, we can land in that point and everything. It's just not everyone's going to want to stay at that point, so that's all. Well, yeah, you can't stay in an empty-minded state all day. That's not what I mean. I mean your whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you agree with my idea of some infinite totality? as a source mm, no no mm-hmm. so then what is the initial cause I don't know Josh it's none of my business I can go as far as back as I can tell you and I can work with what I got but I think people wanna have the key or the words to humanity and existence And if you had that, you would be responsible for all of us. But I can see that no one wants to weigh that responsibility. And since no one truly wants to do that, they're not going to truly find that answer. You get what you deserve. You don't really want everyone's responsibility. So I don't think you're going to do what it takes to get there. And I know I don't, so I don't bother. So you're just going to stick with what you know, and you won't play this game with me. No, I can't. You want to be speculative. I mean, we, I, have, I, have a, I, can, I know how to speculate, but that's a point in speculation, and it goes, there's other <laughs> points in speculation. <laughs> okay. I don't think you need to change anything because you're explaining how useful it is. I agree with how useful it is to play that game. But you don't want to get lost in that game. Yeah, I just want to pick up and play and turn it off when I feel like it. And I know going to certain extent by default makes you play it unconsciously or subconsciously I guess yeah it's a fun game to play because you ever you can't ever get to an absolute truth obviously every truth is a little bit false everything false is a little bit true um but it's still fun to push your limits metaphysically because I think there's big things that happens when you start dealing with metaphysics one is you try to find fundamental truths. Mm-hmm. And why are fundamental truths important? Because they affect everyone. Just like you're trying to present a fundamental truth right now in a way that affects everyone's experience. 
You try to find something fundamental to your experience that was simple and easy to communicate. And so maybe what I presented was small-minded, being that we end up comparing models, like Big Bang Theory or whatever. And then we try to figure out who's right or wrong. That doesn't really help anyone out. Maybe a smarter person would be like, well, what's right about each of them? But, you know, if we look at this idea, like how does one define, realize, and measure the satisfaction, the personal growth, the quality of life, and fulfillment of the individual person that is derived from each of these worldviews? Maybe that can help us get to a fundamental truth. Or what is the standard against which um, the achievement of these goals is assessed, right? So how does maybe this worldview, you know, carrying that worldview, increase the satisfaction of my life, improve my personal growth, and affect uh, the fulfillment of my individual purpose? Maybe that could lead us to a fundamental truth that could then be in common with many, many, many people. I got this idea. All right. If you had an imaginary world in your head. Okay. And you made it come true. Which is my perspective. And you made other people believe your world. Right. That's the truth, that you're all living in Josh's world, right? That's an imagined reality. If they agree with you, and they didn't come up with that idea themselves, and place it to be agreed upon, we call that intellectual property, right? Right. Alright. Intellectual property is the intellect of what the fuck someone made up. Right. And they're quote-unquote claiming metaphysical, intellectual, mental real estate, right? Right. That's true, and you can't refute it. Well, that's the whole game of society. Let's name that imagined reality capitalism. Let's name that Imagine Reality America. I think that's what it's turned into, but we're all doing it, whether you like it or not. Just some people do it way better than you, and they've done it before you, so you got to deal with it. There's a so lot to deal with. It is, but <laughs> in order to in order to change that, you just need to do what they did, or... Do what you naturally do better than they did or to a degree that compromises have to be made. There's no other way to change someone's world because if you're born in their world, they don't notice you. So you have to make them notice you. So attention is the name of the game. And the more you can focus on your own attention and learn how to relate it to other people's attention. The game is how far can you get in your lifetime? And if you want to think outside your lifetime, have descendants. So if someone's taking your attention to focus on their shit, then you're simulating their imagined reality. Yeah, that, that shit ain't imagined no more. That's your reality too now. It is. That's America, that's capitalism, that's New York, that's whatever. But that's everywhere. It's just, we, you may not like it here, but you're going to go everywhere. And when you get past the honeymoon stage, you're going to understand they working with the same tools you is, got the same powers you do. They just do it differently because they're coming from a different perspective and in a different location. So with that said, you're born with the keys to life. It's just 
how many people are going to get out their own way and use the keys? So what are those keys? Using your imagination for yourself and others you connect with. If you don't connect with these other people, I wouldn't use your imagination for them. All right, so if we were going to imagine a reality. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the current imagined realities. I think they're fear-based. So make one to overthrow it. Well, if I was, I'd say it'd be a love-based system. So make it. And I think in a love-based system, you don't oppress someone else's imagination. Instead, you act as a guide to raise up their imagination. And they raise up someone else, and they raise up someone else. What if I said that's what's happening to you? You just don't like the tactics being used. Is that what's happening to me? Yeah. It, you can't have your own personal bias of what love is. You got to look at the practice of what love does. And that's the tall tale sign. Love is the strongest thing, but love is just compromised. Is it compromise or is it just... When do you use love and you don't compromise? Uh, I mean, I try not to compromise at all. That's it don't my matter. whole you life. Try. That's my studio practice. That's my podcast. That's my school. So you don't love these things? I do. Sounds like you're compromised with what you were doing yesterday to get this job done. Sounds like you're compromising your time to use something else to do this. And whoever has the most, I don't know, broad goal and they can get it done, they're going to say, hey, how can I make all these people compromise with their own lives and build my dream? Because I believe my dream will help them and me. It doesn't matter what things kind of develop within that practice. If that person knew how to practice that very well, until you understand that practice and don't see love, the energy, unbiasedly, and just see it for what it is, you won't have the same access and power and utilization skills as the other person does. So, I mean... So there's a compromise at hand. It's the relationship between one thing and another. And whoever can utilize that the most, if you like it, you love it. If you don't like it, you hate it. So it's it's a double-edged sword. Hate is just as strong as love. It's just that everyone deals with some suffering here, so... Nine times out of ten, everyone looks for a positive way to relate, whether within themselves or another. So that kind of gives the edge on the love side rather than the hate side. But you're not going to get beyond something until you hate doing something else. It's the thing that fuels subjective art. What do you mean? It's so different that you had to oppose something else to present it. Yeah, I agree with that. If people actually quote-unquote love their lives, as soon as you present that, someone's going to hate it. So, as big waves as it makes as people loving it, same thing with people like hating it. Even when you make that mark yourself, it goes... That doesn't look anything like what's good around here. (laughs) I'm not going to make that mark again. It's too undistinguishable. Like, you can't... I made it, but it's nothing like it. Okay. Do you love what you made that's original? Or do you love what came before you? So you're going to love either one. And you're going to hate one another or dislike softer term. Attention 
where your love and hate exist in is still a battle of attention. So, yeah, love may govern all the things we do, but love is still governed by something beyond it. And that's attention. So, if we're today focusing on attention, we're past love. Love is just a way to do it. So, you you still got to know the attention game, even if you want to do it the love way. It's too late. They went too far. They've been... If they started the civilization, trust me, they're ahead of you. <laughs> they're, they're going. So what do you do? You just take this time to learn how to build your own. You you don't hate them. I mean, or if you know that, okay, you, you're going to hate something, learn how to, like, treat hate like a child. Look, child, there's... You do certain things that sometimes, sometimes you don't. You gotta know how to like move around right here. So at this time, use love. At that time, use hate. Right here, don't be scared to use your hate, but gonna learn that your hate doesn't play out the same way against other people the same way every time because change is constant. So it goes, all right, I'm just gonna treat hate and love like an energy of his own and say it's something that I use in this lifetime. So whatever purpose I give myself, I just know that love and hate is going to help, but it still has to be used properly. And I have to treat it as such as it, it exists in a space of its own. I just give it the potential to exist in me. All right, so let's tie everything together. Okay. I think you ended up taking me in the woods. (laughs) You started it. I started it. All right. So, all right, we began with um, talking about the potential of a blank canvas. Yep. All right. We set the stage for something to happen. Yep. We clear the mind to the stage for a new image to happen. Yeah. In the studio, we drop the imagined realities of other people and set the stage for a new artistic reality to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. People in yourselves first, people outside of you second. So maybe this potential we're focusing on is an absence allowing for a new possibility to enter right and um, then giving that possibility attention yeah yeah alright I think we did it (laughs) (laughs) that Josh is a line that was a (laughs) kickflip <laughs> a kick <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh-oh. I was listening to his podcast today. He was he, he was going in. He was talking about like quantum physics points and everything. And he was renaming what time was. He said time was the the changing of like certain like energies or the observation of it or something like that. And I was just like, damn. Oh, he said it better than that. And he was like, he was going. It's it's good. And then he said this one thing, he's just like, Yeah, you know you know, everything here exists in third dimension. But we try to put it in two dimension, you know, it's just a representation. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, keep going. So then he singles down to a point and he was like yeah, you can't have a real point. You just have something that represents a point. I was like, yeah, keep going. And then he was like, all right, so every number that, like, proceeds itself or exceeds itself just represents 
the last point. I was just like, keep going. He's going into numbers. He's going into secondary energy. And then he says, yeah, you know, like, one point, and it, it just, we're, we're representing zero. I was like, yeah. Then he's like, two points, you know, we're representing, like, one, you know, two perspectives. And he's like, but, like, and then you get to three points. And she's like, why do you go to three points? Because, you know, there's a co-host. And he's like, well, this, like, I, there's no use for, like, a, the second point, really, or a line. And I was like, what? Like, like he just skipped line. And I was like, I really hope Josh and I really cover this today because that that's the skipping of a just a way to see something in an artistic like nature. We draw from point to point. The line's very important. It's the visual representation of when two points connect. And it's just dialectic. Like, yeah, he just like straight skipped it and just like went to other shit. I was just like, oh man, and you I got you. You literally it. have a gap <laughs> in your shape since you don't want to connect those two points. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh man, but um, yeah. Go ahead. He was kind of like bringing everything together from the mind and. Uh, the canvas and the, the mental page. Yeah, I just thought this would be like a fun adventure into uh, metaphysical thought. But it looks like we came up with some fundamental truths that hopefully can apply to everyone um, about potential. That if you clear your mind, you allow for something new to happen. If you make a blank canvas, you allow for something to happen. If you clear your space of all the social noise, you allow for something new and social to happen right and um i had my line you had your line but together we intersected and and uh, our points connected right yeah yeah so we drew a line <laughs> on the plane and yeah, now we are finally in this episode yeah thank you everyone and remember to be critically creative <laughs>